Hey, so welcome to the podcast. This is Paul Perkins, and this is Evangelism Press. Uh, today, we're going to be talking again with Andrew Bowman, and we're going to be discussing just sort of our New Year's Bible reading plans and whether or not we're going to use an actual plan or, or, or what we're going to do. So I'm sure every New Year, you probably sit down and you try to figure out how you're going to tackle the Bible or how the Bible is going to tackle you. So this podcast would be a great podcast, especially if uh, you're new to the faith, just to listen in and, and, and learn sort of as we're learning what it means to have devotion when it comes to the Word of God and to follow Christ in that way. So listen, have a great day and enjoy the podcast. New Year's coming up. Yeah. And I'm going to be doing a lot of late night eating. There's no way around. <laughs> yep. I'm going to be doing a lot of Christmas cakes, cookies, and pies. But usually what goes along with it for me, I don't know if you're like this. Maybe you can relate. But if it's Christmas, I usually get a book or whatever for Christmas. And I'll get like, I'll eat like tons of food for a couple of nights that I've got off. And literally, just sit around and read and eat pretty much not all, not all night, but that's like my idea of, of like the ultimate gluttony, you know, to have the yep. books, the new books, the, uh, the pumpkin pie, pumpkin. Do you do that or what do you do? Uh, uh, I, I, I'm a hundred percent with you, man. If I'm sitting down with a new good book and I'm like, you, I normally get <clears throat> something for Christmas. Yeah. I want something to be munching on or sipping on. Uh, I think, you know, in years past, people would sit down with a nice uh, cigar or cigarette and, <laughs> you know, they'd, they'd take on their pipe and they would and they'd read, you know, and we don't well, we, we know about lung cancer, so we don't do that. But we're still struggling with diabetes. So we'll, we'll nibble <laughs> on Christmas cookies and hot chocolate because uh, because, you know, I mean, smoking is bad for you. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should bring back the uh, cigars. Uh, I mean, uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's the cream cheese, maybe a cup of coffee, cream cheese, pumpkin cream cheese, a nice cigar. And yeah, I, I think Lisa's getting me um, Thomas Watson's Beatitudes. I think that's coming in. That's a pretty thick book, but I've never had, I've always read it on the internet, but I've never had the, the actual Banner Truth copy. So I think that's coming in. And I wanted it. I actually sent it to her. And uh, for those of you listening, Lisa's my wife. But uh, I wanted it. I sent it to her, Andrew. And um, but it was out of stock, so I was bummed. And then I think mm. I think she let the cat out of the bag. That actually she did finally get it. So I'm thinking Christmas morning. You know, I'm gonna open up. I'm gonna watch the kids, and secretly on the inside, I'm just gonna be like, "All right, kids, hurry up." You know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, and if so. I can just get along with with Thomas Watson, man, and like it, I think it was J.I. Packer that said Watson on the Beatitudes is pretty much he covers the whole range of, of Christianity just in by covering the Beatitudes. But man, I, I think I want to preach on the Beatitudes. I think I want to preach on the Sermon on the Mount coming up. I don't know how it may be next year. I don't know, but. 
I'm excited about that. But one thing, man, I wanted to talk to you about tonight, Andrew, is is uh, I'm excited about reading the Bible this year. And, you know, I've, I've come at it so many different ways. And I usually don't, in my mind, I do come at Scripture thinking, okay, it's the new year, so what sort of method? But I never really stick to a method because it's the new year. I guess it's just a new year that sort of arouses my thinking about how methodology stuff like that does the new year do that for you or how does it work for you a hundred percent it it makes me reevaluate because there are so many ways to read the bible that i'm always and I, and because you should we should be wanting to to continue to grow in our relationship with christ um i'm always wondering like man can, how can i touch this up how can i polish it up and because there's so many good ways of reading the bible the new year gives me time to kind of reevaluate. Okay. Am I going to do a, a Bible in a whole year kind of situation? So I get the full narrative of scripture or am I going to, there's a method where you read the same chapter of a book uh, every day for a week. And then you go to the next chapter of a book. Well, you can't read through the whole Bible that way, but it does make you really stop and think about what you're reading. And it varies it deeper in, I feel like. And so the new year is just a time where I'm like, okay, how am I going to read the word of God this year? And that's always super encouraging. Yeah. I, I was thinking this year, I, I go back to, that just reminds me of what you were saying of, I think it was, it's been 20 years now. I had read, I, it was MacArthur's book on how to get the most out of God's word. That was the title of it. And um, I remember sitting down like checking it out. And then he had this method of read the same book. Let's say if it was like first Peter, something manageable, you know, in one sitting, Mm -hmm. um, he said, just read the same book every day for 30 days. And, and that's the way he studied the Bible. And so then he would split up, of course, Matthew and, and segments and he'd do the same thing. You know, I tried that. And it didn't work to I remember trying it with Galatians, Andrew, and we were there on the farm. I think it was the winter time. And I think, so I was in seminary, starting in seminary. Whenever I read that book, I was doing a terrible job in seminary. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was a horrible student, but I really was hungry, right? Yeah. For the, for the word of God. So I'm like, okay, MacArthur, I'm going to try this. And I remember there was like a, a metal building on the farm. And so I get out in the metal building. It's like it's it's like a zillion below zero, and I'm out in this metal barn. <laughs> I've got the Book of Galatians. I think I printed it, Andrew, on like um, eight and a half by eleven sheets. Don't ask me why. For whatever weird reason, I did that instead of just reading the Bible. I had it printed out on regular, like paper. I guess that's what we did in those days or something. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, maybe I, I was, maybe I was going to mark it. I think I was going to mark it up. I think yeah. that's what it was. And so I remember sitting out there reading Galatians and I think I'd read it that day. And then the next day I read it and then I couldn't make heads or tails out of it, man. You know, it was like, <laughs> I was so ignorant and I was just, I think I'm still ignorant about Galatians, but I was reading through it. And I could not like get with it, man. Have you ever done that? Have you ever read a Bible book and just couldn't get with it? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I remember being in college and 
it's kind of the same mentality you're describing is like, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with the word. I'm going to get at it. And you know, you, you read all these people who, who the first thing they did when they woke up was they'd be in the word. And I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wake up a little earlier and I'm going to do this. And I would find that I would get halfway through the chapter I was reading or the book I was reading. And I'd be like, what, wait, what, what have I read? I would be so out of it. Like I, it, it just, it would hit me. Like when you're driving to work, you know how you'll get there and you're like, wait, did I hit anybody? I don't even remember the drive. It's just so second nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, the same thing would be true about me reading the word is I would get halfway through chapter one of Galatians and be like, wait, I know, wait, what if I've been just read? What, what's going on? I just jumped into this. And it was really bad if I was in the Old Testament because you, you know those stories a thousand times from Sunday school. So you can read about David killing Goliath kind of in your sleep. Um, and so like that, like you were talking about a minute ago, that new year kind of fresh take of, okay, has how I've been reading the word of God this last year, how's it been good for me? So how can I cultivate those things? But is there something that I've also been lacking in? Maybe, maybe the morning time isn't the best time for me. Maybe that's not when I'm at a hundred percent. Maybe it's lunchtime, yeah. you know, and yeah. I just kind of meditate on it like that. Yeah. There's that zombie moment after you've been reading through a book and you, and you just completely zone out. You're like, you have no clues. Like you're not even alive at that point. You know yeah. what I mean? You're just, yeah. you're just looking at the page or whatever. I think that's why it's important to get the full picture or at least get a framework of scripture. Hey, something I want to, you know, I'd love to talk about that, but I, I'm, I'm just going to steer us in another direction. Something that uh, recently I was looking at, and I think it was uh, either on the evangelical Bible website or whatever, but it was just the times. I want to read these to you real quick. Matthew takes two and a half hours to read straight through. Hmm. Mark takes one and a half hours. Luke, two and a half hours. John, two hours. Acts, uh, two hours and 25 minutes. I think that's the way I'm reading this. It's somewhere close to that, two hours, 25 minutes. Romans takes an hour. First Corinthians takes an hour. Second Corinthians takes 40 minutes. Galatians takes 20 minutes. Um, Ephesians, 20 minutes. Man, I can't wait to read Ephesians again, by the way, this year. And Philippians, what is that? 14 minutes. Colossians, 13 minutes. First Thessalonians, 12. Second Thessalonians, 7. That's a short read. First Timothy, 16 minutes. Second Timothy, 11 minutes. Titus is seven minutes. Philemon is three minutes. Hebrews is 45. That's not a bad read for 45. Mm-hmm. You know, I find that Hebrews, and I'll jump back in reading these, but I find that Hebrews is, is kind of like Mark. It's high speeds. You know, yeah. you're, it's, it's, I feel like you're just like taking a jet tour when you're going through Hebrews. All right. Um, Back to it here. James, 16 minutes. First Peter, 16 minutes. Second Peter, 10 minutes. First John, 16 minutes. Second John is two minutes. So third John is two minutes. Jude is four minutes. And then Revelation is one hour and 25 minutes. That's pretty quick, though. Like, it's not as daunting, the New Testament. I wish I had an Old Testament list like this. It's not as daunting when you look at it that way as, as one might think, is it? No, it's really not. And especially considering how we spend our time anyhow, you know, so much tied to a TV show or something like that. Like it's really, it's, it's really not that bad. It's, it's just getting 
you know, the practice of, of doing it, of really being readers in general. I think that a lot of times we don't, we don't just read at all. And uh, so that makes reading the Bible even more daunting of a task. Yeah, I think what's fun, what, what I'm aiming at this year, and maybe we'll get your thoughts on this too, is so I do a lot of studying for preaching and stuff. I'll use study Bibles. I'll use commentaries. I'll use what we call a pericope. It's a section is really what you're talking about. A section of scripture. And I'll study that. I'll study it down. Then I'll try to put it in everyday language. I'll try to find a couple of cultural applications for preaching. And so it's, it's, a, it's a way of making sure it's in street language for preaching rather than sort of an academic language. So that's kind of like the weekly deal for preaching. Mm-hmm. But um, I think something that I was noticing just the other week in, in, in preparation for sermons, I was just noticing, I just had my Bible, not a study Bible, just a regular ESV. Um, I don't even think that this one had cross references in it. You know, yeah. that's, terribly strange to some people, I guess, but it didn't have any cross. It was just the word of God. And I was reading through, man, and I was reading the Christmas story and stuff started jumping out way different than 20 years ago where I was thinking, and and I realized I don't read just the naked word of God anymore. Right. A lot, a lot of times I'll read it along with something and some garnishment of some sort or an explanation. And what I want to do is get back to just reading the naked text and seeing what God says, praying through just the text as is. And so one of the things I'm excited about this year, I've got a couple of different copies that are sort of untouched. And so I'm going to highlight as I go through and I, and I may, I don't know what method I'm going to do with the new Testament, but I'm definitely starting with the new Testament. I'm going to highlight as I go through and whatever it's, it's not about studying as much this first trip through, but it's more about where is God speaking to me in this mm-hmm. text? So I'm going to just sit down Andrew in a real simple way. I guess the attempt I made 20 years ago, I'm going to make it again. But I'm going to sit down and just kind of go straight through. Um, I may split up the Gospels a little bit. So that would look like this. I would start, let's say, with Matthew. And then I would skip over Mark and um, pick up maybe in Luke. Then go to Acts and then go back and pick up Mark and then pick up John. You know, just the Gospels I like to do kind of out of order that way. And we can talk about that another time. But you know, it keeps, it keeps my mind changing into a fresh gear rather than jumping because Matthew's sort of built off of Mark and Luke is built off of Mark and there's pieces of John that come from Mark as well. At least scholars have found, but uh, anyways, I'm getting nerdy now, but back to the task here. I think, um, I think just reading the Bible this year is, is going to be really important for me personally to highlight those words. Because I remember that first sort of trip through. I don't know if you still have your first Bible where you got you either you were saved when you were younger or you finally got like really serious and God got a hold of your heart. And you remember that Bible, you marked it up. And yeah. every time you hear a sermon, you circled something. Do you remember that? Did you, did you have a Bible like that? Yeah. I mean, 
the 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 one that I'm thinking of was was the one I started um, like that in in college where uh, I had a notebook and I had my Bible and so I would kind of bracket off what God had kind of spoke to me if I had read a chapter or two chapters or a few verses that day. So I'd bracket off what it was. I'd put the date next to it. And then in that notebook, I'd spend maybe five, 10 minutes kind of just writing out that day. And man, that, that Bible got bent and took and read. And now like it's somewhat sometimes like a, like a, like a spiritual security blanket. Like if I'm really wanting to study and I feel like I just can't get into it, I'll do that. Or, uh, I preached at a church for the first time in a while, a few months back. And so I took that Bible with me just because it, there's, there's God working in my life through that Bible. Even if I can't specifically, when I look into it, see a, a, a date and go, oh yeah, I remember exactly what God was saying to me on this date. Feeling the worn outness of the pages and seeing those, those markers reminds me of just how faithful God continued to speak. Even if it wasn't specific things, just, time with him relationship with him absolutely man like i i think i know it sounds crazy maybe to a few folks but you know you can see it's kind of like that moment where god did something in your life or a favorite song you heard and you remember where you were when you heard it and i think it's kind of that way with the scriptures man i just remember where i was when i learned this scripture or god set me free from this sin or or that uh, thing. I don't know. That's what I'm kind of after Andrew this year. Personally, I'm going to, I'm going to get after it. I'm going to get, I'm not going to read it for the congregation. I'm not going to read it for anybody else. I want to read it so I can see God. Mm. And man, I need that. I'm not going to, I feel like I'm fired up about reading the Puritans. I'm fired up about reading commentaries. I love all that stuff, man. Yeah. And that's that's like that's stuff that I just really love. But I want to know God through his word by just sitting down in simplicity. And it's kind of like the text we were looking at Sunday kind of came that way. And it was uh, Matthew 1, 21. And it was dealing with Joseph and how he just kind of, once he heard the news or somehow he knew that Mary was pregnant, I, mean, I guess it was obvious or whatever, but it, it said he just sat down. This is before the angel came and, and, and informed him and let him know like, Hey dude, this, your life's not over. You know, she's with the child of, she's with child of the Holy spirit, but he, it says that he just sat down or, or it said, I, I put that in there, but it, more or less he started to contemplate and he thought on these things. Yep. And so in, in the sermon, we just sat there just like he was sitting there. Like, what must it have been like? But for me, reading it that week, that sermon started developing from the, uh, the imagination instead of me just reading a commentary that told me, you know, a few notes about angels in the Old Testament or, or, or a cross-reference. That was just sitting before the Bible, Andrew, and saying, okay, I wonder what that felt like. Yeah. And I wonder why it's even here. Yeah. And I, and I think I'm missing a lot of stuff. I, I think everybody's missing a lot of stuff, Andrew. We're so distracted, aren't we? A hundred percent. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about with what you, uh, you know, you're wanting to get back to. And, and that what I see when I look back at that older Bible is when me loving God wasn't about me doing anything. It was just me and him 
and and that primarily being shown in prayer and, and, and in his word and, you know, preaching and teaching a Sunday school class and leading families well and witnessing, like all those things are really good. And they're definitely Bible commands for growing Christians and mature Christians. And I think sometimes I get the, the cart before the horse. Like when I'm reading the word of God, I'm reading it so I can be a better Sunday school teacher. I'm reading it so I can be a better father. I'm reading it so I can uh, tell others about Jesus better. And those things are good. But those things are, are overflows of me just loving Jesus. And I don't read the Bible just because I love God anymore, because I want more God. I read it in hopes that it'll um, fuel me for, for my mission. And once again, the mission's not bad. But yeah, just yeah. me and Jesus and letting that kind of that relationship push itself out to others. But man, just just me and Jesus, because that's how it is when you first start out. You know, like all you care about is just learning more about God. Yeah, you'll you'll witness when you get the chance and you'll teach in any school if someone calls on you or you'll share. But it's just you just you're so in love with the God that just saved you that that's all you care about. And getting back to that is, is hard, but really, really good. Yeah. I, I want to, I know it sounds like really anti whatever. I don't even know how to put a label on it. I want to feel God though. I want to feel God in my life. I want to know him. I want to hear from him. I, I want to, I want to see him at work and I want to, I want to understand him better. And I want to do it in a way that's real, like the way we're talking right now. I want to talk to him and I want to communicate with him. And I, I don't want to just read about him. And um, I think I think that sounds really idealistic or like, hey, um, I don't know how it sounds to people. We'll say this. I feel like a lot of our souls are lean yeah. and they're and they're 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 lean because we've googled way too much yeah and they're lean because we've we've circled too many nouns and too many verbs in the bible to try to make sure we've got it i mean there's a place for that don't get me wrong but we've we haven't come at it like hey let me just sit in front of you, God, before you, and let me just read it as it is, not trying to figure out if it's a verb or a noun or a command or whatever. Let me let me just see what it says to me. And I know I'll get criticized for saying that, but you know the 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 average guy is not sitting there like tearing sentence structure apart whenever their marriage falls apart, dude. You know? Yeah. And the average the average dad's not doing that. And um, I'm going to be honest, I'm not doing that either. You know, I'm not thinking that way. I feel like a lot of preachers, me included, I think a lot of people can preach and not be totally in love with what God is showing them in the text or, or how he's displaying himself just because of just zeal and, and maybe uh, ability or whatever. Man, I want to. I want to feel God before I preach it, Andrew. I want to feel God in my life. I know I'm just kind of pouring this out here, but I don't know, man. Like I'm ready to get back to being in love with God and not the legalistic everybody saying, telling you to. I just, I, I want to run to him, man. I want to read 
you know, you know what I mean. You know exactly what yeah. I mean. I know you you feel that, don't you, Andrew, in your own life or what? Oh yeah, man, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Just this this raw um, seeing God in everything and just feeling in love with with Him, not uh, not with what I'm doing. Like there's that's that's where i'm at like that's what i'm yeah. struggling with you're talking about wanting to feel this i i love my the church that we're a part of i love the community god's put me in i love my family and i want to be the best member the best uh citizen the best father the best husband i can be but man in in trying to be the best of those things i feel like i have just totally walked away from being in love with him sometimes and that and 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 i feel like i'm trying to claw back into that by by doing more not even like doing good things but just like i'm not stripping away my heart anymore like and that's that's what's scaring me is i think i can just i'll spend five more minutes in the word this time i'll pray a little harder i'll give a little more at times i'll look into organizations i can uh, give to, but I'm not like stripping my heart away and spending two hours in the word. I mean, shoot, I'll sit and watch a Marvel movie for two and a half hours and be like, that was awesome. But the idea of like reading all of Matthew one sitting, that seems daunting, but that's really weirdly backward. That's a really backward way to live my life. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I don't know. There's this other thing where you say, well, who in the heck would ever sit down and read the Bible all the way through? I don't know. I mean, look, I, I think it comes back to love and, and it ain't a legalism to want to run to God and be close to him. There's nothing legalistic about that. And if if the Bible truly is his word, it's not a newspaper. It's not an encyclopedia about God. This is God's communication to us, man. This is this is God relaying his personality to us. The Holy Spirit takes that info and makes it more than info, right? Yep. And it becomes a communication from God. We're overhearing other people in the Bible that love God. We're overhearing. They're, they're like showing us what that looks like. We're comparing it while we're reading to our own hearts, our own minds. Sometimes the scripture is like shooting right at us, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you can see it shoot and hit somebody else. You can see the disciples being disobedient, just like you were today. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> you can see Jesus wandering around Jerusalem, meeting all kinds of personalities, the same personalities and thought processes that you probably had too, you yeah. know, the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Like, it's amazing how it's put together. But I think, I think, um, I think there's something to this, man. We're extremely distracted. And I think there's a ton of great Sunday school teachers out here uh, in the world. There's uh, small group leaders, there's pastors, there's, but man, what you said a while ago is where I'm at. I, man, I, I, first and foremost, we've got it. Every single, every single one of us, all of us Christians, we've got to get back to knowing God. And not doing makeup work anymore. Yep. That's what you were talking about. 
you know, it's like in, when you're taking a class and, you know, you, you get an extension because you're not going to finish it on time. So you have to do it. They say, well, fine, we'll give you an extension, but you got to do a little makeup work. It's like we're all doing makeup work. And we're all catching up, you know, let me cram this in real quick. Let me cram this podcast in rather than listen to it as icing on the cake. We yep. cram it in there to make sure we're not completely the, the worst version of Christianity that we possibly could be. You know, I think that's our stand, standard too. a lot of times we're trying not to be the worst one. And what kind of goal is that, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to be the worst version of a pastor or a worst version of a Christian. So I'll do these things. You know, dude, that should, we just need to get back to it, bro. I don't know. It sounds like we're going over and over this, but I don't mind it at all. I know there's somebody listening that feels the same way. It's a, there's a mom listening and they're saying, okay, I'm supposed to be a really good mom. And so here's what I'm doing. Or there's a dad who knows he's not a good dad and he's like, I'm supposed to be. Or a Sunday school teacher. Man, you guys that teach that may or may not be listening, here's the deal. I know you study right before, you know, the lesson you do a good job. But a lot of times the good job we do is to save face. A lot of times that's true because we don't want to look like the the anus (laughs) – (laughs) that didn't know what they were talking about but man when we get back we're the teacher that as james says we're we're not doers of the word you know we hear it we teach it we're proud of ourselves but man we don't know god anymore i if we did i think what surprises me too andrew is for those of us that that if we really are in love with Christ as we once were, or as we should be, I think there'd be a lot more outreach. That's what brings me back to evangelism. I think there'd be a lot more overflow of wanting to share the word because it's kind of hard to conceal something that actually you experienced from the word versus something you learned as a building block or, or a little note that you wrote down. I think there's something different about getting down before God and God changing you. It's easy to share when it's legit, right? A hundred percent. It makes me think of like, so there was a woman I knew um, at the church we used to go to and uh, she was incredibly cheerful and like just loved hanging out with the three, five, seven year old kids, like to the point where until you really knew her, you thought she was just faking how much she smiled. You know, and it hit me one day that even though I, I know I'm supposed to teach and love these kids, I'm never going to be able to do it nearly as well as she is because there's this natural just love there for these kids. Just this smiling all the time. Didn't mind when they wipe their boogers on her. Just love for kids. Mm, and boogers. And, no, it was the, she just loved them, man. She just loved all of it. She loved the, the sticky boogers, fingers. The whole deal, man. Yeah, the dirty hands, the sticky <laughs> fingers, all of it. And when we spend time with the Word of God, like I, I'm, what I'm doing most of the time is I'm trying to look for it so that I can be a better teacher. But in reality, the Bible talks way more about if I'm just spending time with God in prayer and in His Word, it's going to change my heart to be more like her. In, in my aspects of, of what I'm, what he's called me to be. 
And so if I'm looking for it to give me ideas or strategies or things to, to be a better husband, that's all well and good, but it's not nearly as good as if I'm just spending time to love Jesus, he's going to be naturally shaping my heart to the type of person that just is a better father, that just is a better Sunday school teacher, that just is a better citizen. It, it's Man, totally I... changing our, our heart and, our, and, and that'll bleed into our mind and bleed into our actions. Dude, it bleeds out into our community. I, I think what's crazy is a, a, a good example even on that is recently um, we've talked about going out and preaching the gospel to the poor. That was a sign of the Messiah's coming, according to John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And then there's this other passage in James about orphans right? Widows. In the early church, you see people taking care of the poor. Well, I'm not here to like finish out the podcast just by talking about, you know, taking care of the poor, but I'm using it as an example because here's the deal. If I'm alone before God, I've got a choice to make when I look at that text. I think it was Matthew 25 where Jesus talks about the eternality um, of hell but in that text is the same place where he talks about helping people, people that might be imprisoned or whatever. And if you, if you've done this to those people, he says, you've done this to me in, in the sense of shown love in that way. I think for me recently reading that text by itself, connecting that to evangelism, what I found is when I would share it, Andrew, with someone not like in a like self-righteous way but just shared it like hey here's some awesome news not only should we be sharing the the gospel but we ought to be trying to reach out to people was the moment you say that andrew somebody says instantly like well they'll misuse whatever you give them no matter what they'll misuse it they'll drink it up they'll do whatever and they'll think of the worst case scenario but every now and then you run into another christian who may have been reading the Bible, just like you have been, not for a, a, a lesson, not for a sermon, but sat down on their own and said to themselves, hey, wait a minute, maybe I should take care of the poor. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should go and do this before. And, and I, this has been stirring in me. And when you run across that Christian, if it's been stirring in you, it's been stirring in them. You get that concurrence moment there where you have that kindred heart. And you see that unity of people wanting to obey. I think recently when I've mentioned that to a few friends or, or whoever about just reaching the poor, I think they haven't had that moment in the word of God and that moment with the Holy Spirit to say to them, maybe this is something that Christians are supposed to do. You follow yeah. me? Yeah, And they're, they're looking at it like I'm trying to argue them into doing something, yeah. which I'm not. I'm, I'm looking at it like, well, of course we're supposed to do it. Or there's other things they could do that to me about, too. Yeah. You know, so I'm not being self-righteous. They may argue because they've been studying Scripture and listening to God. They may have a point of obedience that I might not know about because I'm asleep at the wheel. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. I think the more we have a Scripture culture the more we're going to see a culture of evangelism and more we're going to see a culture of prayer, 
and of, of obedience, man. I yeah. think that all goes hand in hand, right? A hundred percent. Reading scripture, being in the word, it, it shapes, it doesn't give us ideas or bring to our mind uh, what we should do so much. I think it, it, it shapes who we are as a person. Um, yeah. There's yeah. a, there's a, a friends of some friends of mine I went to college with. They have an 18 year old or 18 year old. I wish an 18 month old who is needing a heart transplant. She's in the ICU in a special hospital in DC uh, and they've been waiting for a month and they're still waiting. And so they're, they're here. They are at Christmas. They've got three healthy children and they've also got this one in the ICU and they can't spend a lot of time together because all those people in that small room with all these germs and this, this, this little girl who's so fragile. And I find my heart really weeping with those who weep like the Bible calls me to. And I've known that to be true for way longer than this situation. But because now I'm a dad, this hits me differently. Like the person I am now shapes my attitude and my actions toward these friends. And the more we spend in the word of God, the more God reshapes who we are. And so the, the commands of scripture that we're going to be reading while we're also in the word of God are going to be things that prick our hearts in new ways that push out into what we do in new ways, not because we read it and we made a point to just do it that day, but because it's also shaping who we are. We are different now than we were a week ago because we've been in the word for a week. We're different now than we were a month ago because we're in the word for a month. Like those things, they, they don't just make us better people because of ideas or things, but they reshape our heart. They reshape who we are. Absolutely, man. Hey, I, I don't think we ought to apologize for that either. Though. Mm-hmm. I, I know somebody's going to say, Hey, that sounds legalistic. Like what's once again, I, I keep harping on that because what's legalistic about reading the word of God. There's nothing like is righteousness going to come Outside of Jesus Christ, there is no righteousness. Outside of Scripture, okay, Scripture, prayer, it, I don't know what I'm going to pray if I don't know how to pray. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what I'm going to say about God back to Him if, I'm just make, if I've just got my own ideas about who He is and yeah. Scripture doesn't tell me who He is. And so, I, listen, it's not a legalism. It's a love. Absolutely. And it's a it's a it's a love he's already implanted in you. It's a it's a legalism to come up with another method besides God's. Yes. That's what that is. Yeah. So it's really legalistic to come up with your own plan. Yeah. Outside of God's. Dude, I'm gonna cut us off here. We're almost at 40 minutes. I hope you have a great night. It's late. It's 12. Now it's 12.03. <laughs> and uh, I think I'm going to go get some, some diet Mountain Dew probably, uh, you know, I'm probably going to get a few cookies or something, get some, uh, some Doritos. I'm going to hog down on some Doritos and we've, <laughs> we've got, uh, we've got a great week planned at church and stuff. And, and I think you got to sleep in tomorrow. Don't you, don't you have to recover from working overnight or something at some point? Tomorrow will be my sleep through the day. So that way I can spend normal hours with my, my wife and, and kids since I work third shift. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, dude. Andrew, peace out, man. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your night. See you, bro. Later. All right. Bye. 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 
Hey, so I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hey, check us out at evangelismpress.com where there's a lot of cool articles you can read about Bible study, prayer, living the Christian life, ministry, missions, a lot of cool stuff. Hey, have a great Christmas. Have a happy new year. See ya.